There we go with the John Curley Sherry Elliker Show. Thank you, Jack and Spike, for everybody who's listening to that show. Here we go over here. Combination news entertainment. Well, we call it news entertainment. Here comes Sherry now. She can't wait to get in. Sing it, girl. That's enough out of you there, girl. Sorry about that. You're right on your best note there. There we go. Getting started out of you Thank you, Sherry. Yeah, I'm getting sort okay, of shortchanged on the uh, No, it was, it was my fault. I hit the button. No, I know. I know. I know. I know. How about at 4 o'clock you do the whole thing? It's just uh, I hit the button by mistake and you stop singing and that's, that is not right. Not right because I know you've been working on that one. Yeah. Will you do um will you do My Husband Loves Me When I Stink? Will you do that one at four? Uh yeah, when I you, can do that if that's the request, sure. Okay. All right, good. Yeah. If that's you what, like that you one. Put, you learned to play the guitar for that one, so we'll we'll play that I did. one later. Thank you. Let's get some other news. Um I have found this certainly to be true. Very true. Uh you ever seen if you they say if you play tennis with people that stink You'll stink. If you play golf with a good golfer, you'll you'll play better. Of course, the person will be utterly bored by playing with you because it'll take a long time. But you tend to up your game, uh, any game, whatever it is, uh, even work. If you're surrounded by um, high achievers, the, think, the thinking is normally that you will you'll rise to their level. Well, apparently, I saw this. It's a study that was done, and it's the importance of surrounding yourself with high achievers. Are we all among high achievers here? A plus all around the room. Okay, Sherry. Um, yeah, I would say so. Sure, why not? I am, well, and I uh, am, I am. I know that. Maybe you guys. According to the study, there's me. of the of the four of us. That would be Andrew, uh, Teeny, Teeny, Teeny. She's part of the. She's no, part she, of the okay, team. There's only four. Wait a minute, Andrew, uh, Joe, Joe. You, me, Teeny. And no, so can't we put Nate in there instead of Teeny? Okay, well, yeah, yeah, so five. Nate's in there. Yeah, but I'm okay. just generally working the show. You know, Nate's concentrating on, on traffic. But I'll be okay, down there. Nate's, all right, well, Nate's <laughs> going to be down there, too. I don't know where we're all going, but apparently it's down there. All right, let's go. Ready? Here we go. So, um, boy, already we suck. Uh, turn my computer back on. So we can all be high achievers. There we go. All right, you ready? Here we go, Sherry. You ready? If you sit next to a high performer, yes. you will outperform by 15%. So a high performer just in your proximity will increase your performance by 15%. If you sit next to a low performer or underperformer, it will decrease your productivity by 30%. So every B player you bring on board is not just decreasing their productivity by 30%. It is that energy transfer, which is that everybody around them becomes a little bit less productive. Okay, well, that doesn't make sense. So if you sit next to a high achiever, you go up, right? But then they're mm -hmm. saying if you hire just middle achievers, they're dragging everybody down. So there seems to be like a, a push-pull on this. They got the you know low achievers pulling people down. Um, so how does the high achiever, or how does anybody benefit from having a high achiever there if the people around them are dragging them down? Well, I guess uh, one of the examples that in the comments was if you, for instance, are uh, at the gym and someone's on a mm. treadmill and they're really, really, really going fast. If you stand next to them, you're going to go, yeah. you're going to push yourself. If you stand next to someone who's doing one mile an hour, you're going to be yes. like, I'm, I can, I can 
skate through this one because I'm so much better than they are already. Yes, agreed. It's a really simple test that you can do with people. If you are talking to somebody and you're in close proximity to having a conversation, if you begin to slowly pick up the speed in which you are talking, in in cases if the person is listening and you're making that sort of subconscious connection with them, they will begin to mirror you and will also pick up the speed and the energy of how much you're talking. If you lower your voice, they will lower your voice, their voice and energy back and forth. Everybody's constantly, whether they realize it or not, trying in order to better communicate, they're trying to match the energy level with the person they're talking to. You ever talk to somebody, low energy person, you'll find yourself, you'll be out of sync with them. So you will subconsciously try to sync your energy level with them. So if you're working with somebody with some low energy, you kind of try to jack it up just a little bit to get them to kind of come with you. Otherwise, you feel like you're talking way too fast and just not making any sense because they're they're so underreacting and not yes. really contributing. So then you go, right. I better I better calm down here because I'm not good. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Get all that. Get that, huh? Yeah. So a high achiever, like we were surrounded by somebody like Jesse Jones. Yes. Over at uh, Cairo 7, um, you would naturally start talking like he does. Uh, Brandy Cruz was talking about the, um, we have this one, oh, the romance scam. So every year, especially around, you know, uh, Valentine's Day, the lonely hearts are easy picking for scammers that are out there. Jesse, Rebecca D'Antonio thought she had made a wonderful connection on an online dating site. He made me, like, feel special. The man told Rebecca he was an attorney based in Boston. He said he was an oil magistrate. He had a son that uh, was five years old. What Rebecca didn't know was that she was caught up in a romance scam, all uh -oh. part of an organized crime ring based in Nigeria. It's the level of manipulation and detail that they go into you know, that, that makes this work. And in just a year, she'd lose more than $100,000, leaving her broke and broken. And I said, um, I think I have these pills. I think I'm just going to take them. Rebecca says, oh. at first, the conversations were great. They want you to care about them. They want you to care about what happens to them. They want you to care about the, the life that you're supposed to be building together. Then the chats oh, moved boy. to another platform, like WhatsApp. Next, requests for money. They were small at first and only for so-called emergencies. And so, and things kept escalating and they're gaslighting you and they're being, you know, manipulating. He's using the kid. Glenn Peterson is the special agent in charge of the U.S. Secret Service in Seattle. I've been in a situation where I've had two Secret Service agents were standing in, in someone's living room explaining to them that this is a scam. And and uh, this person told us, well, no, you know, we're we're in love, and and uh, uh, it, it's it's a real relationship. I was going to take my own life, and it was by sheer happenstance that a very very dear friend of mine happened to be in the right place at the right time. Thankfully, help found Rebecca. Now she's teaching others to speak out. Nobody knows just how big it is because of the level of silence. The FBI says never send money online to someone you've never met in person. And two, 
do not share your banking information with anyone. In Seattle, Jesse Jones, Cairo 7 News. See, there you go. I don't know what, by the way, in full disclosure, we found out a number of years ago that we were the 72nd most popular podcast in Nigeria. Tom and I were. I assume, Sherry, we have kept that high ranking. So it's difficult for us to tell this story, to do this story. We're very sensitive to our Nigerian friends that <laughs> hold a very special place in their heart for this show. Right. right. So I we, we don't want to hurt anybody's you. feeling. Yeah, right. We're, this is, we're not casting aspersions upon the entire country of Nigeria. A lot of good people there. A couple bad ones. There's a lot of people that are princes in Nigeria that have lots of money. This is exactly the Tinder swindler, which, by the way, yeah. is a unbelievable documentary and i've watched it with nick it's very interesting you watch it with a woman and as a guy you have this have you seen it sherry the tinder swindler no, no i have not okay but you know generally the concept is this guy was a, just a nothing but he was able to swindle all these women and he set it up kind of as a ponzi scheme he would find a woman he would then ask her listen i'm i'm uh I'm involved in the diamond industry, which is very, very dangerous. And there's people that are out there trying to kill me. But, you know, I saw you online and I, I think you're beautiful. It's a dating app kind of thing. Um, I just it seems crazy, but I'd like to take her out to dinner in Paris uh, tomorrow. I'll pick you up in my private jet. Sure enough, he would fly somewhere, the Netherlands or whatever. He'd pick her up in a private jet and fly her to Paris and buy her dinner and everything else. Of course, they'd sleep with her. And then she would he would fly her back home again. She didn't know that what he had done there were like three weeks women ahead of him ahead of her that he had stolen money from in order to rent the jet and then he once he got the hooks into her then he said listen i need i can't do this because of whatever it was to make up some crap i, I need you to open an american express uh uh credit card account and i need you to wire me twenty five thousand dollars i can't tell you much more than that i have to go because there's people out to get me well she had gotten a private jet been flown to paris had dinner slept with the guys falling in love with the guy so she does that he goes i'll give you the money back so he's stealing money from women paying some back not paying others and then this woman and we'll ruin it for anybody she figures it all out but the one woman owed a quarter of a million dollars to American Express is this guy would just work these women. So I'm watching it with Nick. She has zero sympathy for the women. Zero. Me too. Like, you. <laughs> but I thought she was an outlier. No sympathy at all. Well, I mean, you feel sorry for someone that loses, like, their life savings. Of course, that's tragic. But, I mean, with all the information that we have and all the warnings that people have been given, if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. So to have Even this me? Guy, except you. Uh, everything that this guy... <laughs> okay, so, what are you? You're a psychopath. Um, <laughs> this guy, I mean, it, 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 this isn't real. And not only that, if you go out on a date, I don't care if it's in Paris or if it's at Roy Rogers... If somebody asks you for money shortly after you go out on your first date, if that's not a red flag, I don't know what is. Well, okay, let's say it wasn't right after the first date. But, okay, you're online, guys are writing to you, and then this guy finds you, and then you're texting back and forth, and then he's obviously has money, and he has so much money that he sends a jet to pick you up. You're lonely. You're attractive. You're of trying to find romance and love and you 
It's just like crazy. And even her friends were like, "Why? This is nuts." She goes, "I know, but you know what? I'm just gonna go. What? What's the worst that could happen?" And sure enough, here comes this beautiful jet. Comes in, and she gets in. He flies her there. They have all this dinner. He was constantly eating sushi in that movie too. Did you notice that too, Joe? And then he gets <laughs> yes. her a dress or something. He buys her a bunch of things. She's like, "Oh my god!" And he's interesting because he's mysterious, and people are out to kill him and things. It's the other part of it. As I was watching, was like, "Well, if he didn't show up in a." with a jet you probably wouldn't have gone with him so you were kind of gold digging as well you realize oh i hit the jackpot with this guy so you feel you know i was sympathetic to her i felt really bad but again nick had the same expression the same you know reaction that you had like you're a fool if you really think that that you're so special or something then that this guy would do all this stuff for you you're easy pickings for people like this the amazing thing was when they caught him he didn't break any laws. I think they got him on one small thing, a technicality, but she opened the account. She gave him the money. He took the money. He broke her heart, but he didn't break any laws. And the guy's back out there. Guess what he does now? You can sign up, and he will teach you uh, how to convince people of different things. I think he's got a new business now where he'll teach you how to, like, I don't know, not necessarily scam Swindle. people, but all of Swindle people, yeah, mm-hmm. and people are like signing up with this guy. It's the oh, I, the, I'm surprised the woman didn't want to kill the guy. The one lady figured it out, and then she, oh, um, buy these clothes for me or something. I forget how it worked. Did it show that he sent all the clothes to her or something? And then yeah, she, she went and returned them. Yeah, she she returned them or sold them for. On a, but it was a small order. compared yeah. to what other woman getting hit for a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. It, it's yeah. amazing the delusion that some people that get taken advantage of have and my my mother-in-law one of her old friends that she worked with got scammed twice on instagram and the scam was that a, a country music star would direct message her uh, one was dustin lynch the other one was luke bryan two oh, very yeah. high profile people that have tons of money and for some reason she was completely sold on the idea that they reached out to her and said hey i'm stuck in like chattanooga tennessee and my bus broke down can you send me forty thousand dollars <laughs> she had no private jet these are famous people that you could probably figure out where they're playing that night and she somehow twice fell for these things and was out a hundred grand no. Yes, a hundred thousand. Related to you? It's my mother and my my wife's mom's friend. So she told us about it, and, and under the, and and again, like like the woman in the Jesse Jones story, she didn't want anybody to know. She was so embarrassed and so humiliated, but she fell for it twice. These, like <laughs> <I'm> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Do people really think that famous, very very wealthy people have to go online right. to get connected? They don't. They've got. They can do anything they want. They can walk into a room and attract people because they're so. Joe, Joe, why her? Why was Luke Bryant reaching out to her? Did he did the swindler explain that? Like, no, just like, hey, what are you doing? How are you doing? Like, started this very basic kind of like surface level romance. Like, hey, you're cute, and this is a woman in her sixties. Like, not whoa, cute. whoa. There's a lot of cute women in their 60s, Sherry. Big she babies. <laughs> Big, whiny, little crying babies. The, the delusion yeah. is unexplainable. And there's no good answer. It's just she fell for it. She felt special and felt like a famous person wanted to talk to her. And then just it slowly turned into, hey, I need money, upwards of $40,000. And she ca- cashed out her entire retirement to pay these What's two guys. What's her phone number? So What's her, oh, I'm going to call her during the break. What's yeah. her phone number? I'll, I'll, I'll text it to you. 
Yeah. I like the caller. I, I can use <laughs> Same. That's sad. It is sad. It's, it's. I mean, how lonely do you have to be to to buy into that? Because twice. You, yeah. Hmm. Wow. I was thinking that maybe somebody that's listening who's got a female friend who's a big fan of the show. See if I could call them up and get some money out of them. What do you think? Do a little test run. Yeah. What's your story? Oh, I don't know. Come up something, but snowed in, Cleelum, the banks closed. Oh, overwhelmed with my local celebrity status. <laughs> you may remember him from. You ever seen Evening Magazine? Mm. <laughs> you remember the time we went to Anacortes? <laughs> okay. Why not? Right. Just for fun. Teeny, get ready. One triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. I do not know. What does that mean? That's an understatement. <laughs> hey, I defended you when Joe took shots at 60-year-old unattractive women. Whoa, here. whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? Just one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> take it back. I take it back. Andrew, give her a fart sound. Make her feel better. Back with the John Curley Sherry Allegra Show and the um, adorable, gorgeous, lovely sh- Sherry Allegra. <laughs> Too late. Smiling. Too late. Oh, come on. <laughs> Damage is done. Oh, boy. I you guess you know what's going to happen? No. What's that mean? <laughs> I don't know what that means either. Oh, oh, you can't do that. That's that's a threat. That's like a crime. I got, I got to call David Rose. Yeah, cause spotlight with David Rose because he's watching criminals and trying to catch criminals all the time. People that do things like break the heart of a dear friend by making an offhanded comment about somebody's someone. You know, that's not the, the David Rose. I apologize. That I, 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 I'm guilty. All right. I said something to, uh, about I, Sherry. So going into the commercial break, but we're good friends. We could do this. We could joke like that. And and. Uh, Quick, say something other than what I'm saying right now, David Rose. Sherry, do you get danger pay for working on this show? I feel like you should get the danger pay. Yeah, I I kind of agree that that would be something that I should consider if I ever get another contract because hazard pay. I got a great great counselor for working on the issues, man. They're just great. Thank you, David. David Rose, you you knew him from Most Wanted uh, and now uh, doing great work as well with his show, um, and I tell you something, I used to watch your show, like, God, those criminals must be like, Oh, shut up, Rose. Cause you'd show the pictures. And then like within a short period of time, all of a sudden people would call in because they knew, Oh, I saw that guy. I know where that guy is. Does it make you feel good? Just generally before we get into the stuff that you've been working on, when you put something up and the guy did some horrible crime and then within two or three days, you heard that they had caught the guy. Did, oh yeah. You slept well yeah. at night. Like, Oh, there we go. There's yeah. another scumbag off the street. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm still, in fact, I'm still doing it. Crystal Tate got uh, announced that this morning. She stole a 74-year-old woman's purse out in Covington, went and charged up all her cards, and you, you wouldn't believe how many tips we got on this lady, and they arrested her. So, you know, I got a nice note from the, the police chief, and, and the victim feels a lot better knowing that, you know, she's going to get some justice. Sort you've been of. in this bit. Yeah, you've been in this bit. Yeah, exactly. Which brings us to the big topic of is justice being served. I know you've been following um, a lot of, 
and doing research on juvenile crime, which has skyrocketed in the last couple of years. I think it's over 80-some percent, a lot of car, uh, carjacking and then car theft and then uh, assaults and deadly weapons and the rest of the stuff. What do you think as you're sort of digging through this data? What's your sort of theory on what's happening? Well, first thing nobody wants to talk about is we have a gang problem, and you don't ever hear anybody in official capacity talk about that, right? So when you look at crime in cities like Seattle and Renton and Tacoma, um, they're dealing with, with gangs and with disputes. And so that's where some of the violence is coming from. And then they're leading the path for some of these younger teens, setting bad examples. And let me tell you, these teens are smart. They know that there's going to be limited accountability. They know mm-hmm. phrases like probable cause. I mean, whoever thought they would know what that means. But they have been very educated as to what they can get away with. And they know they can steal cars and they can ram them into pot shops all day long. And they're not going to do a lot of time because the focus now in King County is on treating whatever their behavioral and mental issues are rather than on punishing them and getting justice for the victim. So uh, I have David, a friend of mine. Yeah, go ahead, Sherry. Oh, okay. no, I was going to say, uh, it, you know, the trend now, especially in California, is to close these juvenile jails. Um, I just have a, I'm just curious if if a kid uh, like a let's say a 16 year old commits a murder, I mean, a really bad crime, mm-hmm. a, a felony. If they don't have a juvenile jail, where do they go? Isn't it a law that they cannot be housed in the same facility as adult prisoners? Well, that is a very good question. And that is the problem that I think is causing the issues. There's a lot of great people, very smart people, trying to work on how do we uh, treat these uh, kids and do it in a manner where we can have a low recidivism rate, but at the same time keep the public safe. And I don't think they've come up with a good answer. And that's what I was talking to uh, presiding judge Katu Shaw about um, a couple of days ago. I did a big interview with him because this proposal being put out by this committee to the council and by and uh, for Dow Constantine's promise to get rid of the youth jail, it, it's got some holes in it because nobody can figure out what do you do with the the worst of the worst, like you talked about, to keep the public mm-hmm. safe. I mean, there's no question that incarcerating these kids is not good. They learn other bad habits, other bad skills in there, but. They're also a danger to the public. They're a danger to um, themselves sometimes, and they just don't have any filters, partly because of their age, because of their broken family backgrounds, because of the drugs, which are, you know, being used all the time. I mean, fentanyl is almost in every crime report that I read, you know, anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's a difficult problem, but I would say this. Lisa Mannion, the prosecutor, and Judge Shaw, both of them think that they need some tools, some options, so that those worst of the worst, will not be released because right now the plan is to open these group homes run by community organizations in neighborhoods and put one to five teams. Well, how are you going to rely on a group home to not let a killer walk out the front door? Right. Mm. So a lot of concern there. So Dal Constantine had announced, and I think he's backed away from it. So the taxpayer spent about $250 million on the juvenile detention hall. Um, and then he said, well, we're going to close it down. And then they complained, well, we can't find anybody to work there. Well, who would be hired at some place knowing that within two years or a year where they hired you, you're going it's going out of business. Nobody would apply for that job, especially if you have to stay there for a certain amount of time in order to get a pension. That basically goes away. I think it's three years and you get a pension. So they're, they're not hiring because who wants to work at a place that's, hey, going out of business, you know, need help. 
that's it doesn't make any sense. And this general idea that he says, you know, historically oppressing, you know, a portion of our population. So we don't want to continue to oppress them. So rather than putting them in jail, we'll have them do restorative justice and this other stuff. But these kids, as you said, have figured it out. There's a famous bite from a couple of months ago where the ju- with the kid sitting there. He says to the judge, you mean you're not going to send me home? I, I thought you were going right. to send me right. home. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. What, so what do you do? And I think, you know, look, I don't know what Dow was thinking when he made that promise that he was going to get rid of the jail by 2025. But sometimes we all in the heat of the moment, you know, following what happened with George Floyd, there was a, a lot of emotion we saw. City council members saying things publicly that they've since backed away. Uh, so, you know, he's promising close the youth jail. You know, look, in theory, in a perfect society, that would be great. Get all these kids uh, the behavioral and mental health treatment that they need. Uh, make sure they're in secure places, that they feel loved, and, you know, and kumbaya. But that's not the world we live right. in. I mean, look at the news every night. Look at the number of carjackings we have. I mean, these kids are carjacking people at gunpoint. They're yanking them out of their car, right, because they feel like there's no repercussions. And in some sense... As long as we lean into this uh, treatment over incarceration, you know, there's not going to be because some of them are just going to work the system. Now, I will say, John, there are some that are getting help. Um, I talked to Devante Parsons, who runs Pro Se Potential down in Federal Way, and he says he's helped 155 of these kids in the last two years. And he's a former convicted felon. So he's running uh-huh. a program, and he says the idea is you get involved in their lives. He stays in contact with them, meets with them three times a week. And, and he becomes more of the focus and, and the group they're with more of the focus than these bad elements that they have. Because these kids mm. have friends in other counties, right? Social media has connected all the bad apples together. So the bad influences right. are able to spread pretty, pretty quickly. But when we have a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old driving down Aurora Avenue intentionally running over human beings, and I don't know what they're going to charge them with, but I sure you send them back home again. If you just know that... What you do, there's no repercussion. You just keep doing that. We are creating a criminal class. Um, And I don't know what you do in King County and the state of Washington because we'll continue to have people that don't want to hold them responsible for their behavior because of, you know, oppression and all the rest that goes with it when the numbers don't support this this cockamamie idea that Dow Constantine needs in order to get elected. You don't have to comment on that. That's my own. I know I'm not allowed to have an opinion. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to do a deep dive yeah. on that. I'm, I'm going to do a deep dive on that on the spotlight coming up Friday night um, and, and look at those issues, right? Because politics are behind all this, right? If you think about it, they get their money, the courts get their money, and the prosecutor's office get their money from the general budget, which is controlled by Dow. So nobody can yes. say the wrong thing when you're trying to get 20 more prosecutors and you need more resources. They've cut 10 juvenile probation officer positions in the courts, right? These are the, these are the probation officers that meet with the kids, that get them the services they're supposed to need but they thought this new diversion therapy or diversion treatment would lower the number of filings what well, hasn't we've seen crime go up so now we don't have enough right. probation officers to help the kids that are that the filings are being done on so it's a mess it is a mess but it just means uh more work for you david rose keep up uh, the cause <laughs> and uh continue to continue to get that great feeling as you get some of these uh, people that are committing these crimes to be able to serve the justice for the victims and unfortunately there's just way too many of them thanks david thanks for your time uh, yeah, yeah. John and Sherry, I'm a oh. big fan of the show. Keep doing what you do. Thank you. Oh, there thank you, you. Oh, see, he loves the two of us, Sherry, and I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Too late. Oh, wait, you Stop cannot trying. do that. Stop No, trying. you're not allowed to do. All right. Here's uh, talk about train wrecks. and You calling me a train wreck? And- 
No, no, just oh. a, I, I am right now. I'm just—he's throwing me off my game. I'm gonna go eat some triscuits. Up, Teeny, we're back. Team, team's back. Teeny, Teeny, come on, everybody in. There we go. It is John Curley, Sherry Ellicott Show. Thanks, Dave Rose. Yes, okay, that makes no sense. Uh, we're stopping by. Bad Valentine's Day um, for these people. Is this a new thing that people are doing? Uh, getting it on, on on running subway cars, Sherry? Is this something, the story you wanted to share? I, no, I, I did not. Um, but, yes, it is catching on, not necessarily what they're doing, but just this whole subway surfing. So in the oh. first six months of 2023, there were 450 reports of people riding outside train cars. Uh, mm-hmm. That's up from 262 the year before. But then people uh, like having a 20-minute date or something on top of or five-minute date on top of the train while it's going, the, the people are taking it to a new level. Yeah, you'll just say as a guy – I got to give these people some credit because it takes a lot of concentration and you can't include a lot of stress when you're trying to, you know. You know. Well, if you're referring to these two guys that were caught, they were caught on oh. camera, two men. Oh. Oh. Uh, and, and the best part is. <laughs> um, oh, there's this a positive guy. part to the story? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what he part. says. Listen, to, listen to the the empathy here. It says this is from the. Um, from the trans, you know, transportation people. Yeah. Um, the only thing dumber than riding on top of a subway train is dropping pants in the process. This is the communications director, Tim Mitten. Uh-huh. Uh, those reckless clowns aren't thinking about the mess cleaners and other transit workers will have to deal with when their stupid stunt goes tragically lo- wrong. So basically what he's saying is you don't think about how, how much people have to clean up after you if they... If you get squished on a train, <laughs> he went right to that. Right yeah. to didn't, didn't yeah. say like how dangerous it is, and we'd hate to see someone lose their life over that kind of prank. No, he's like, yeah, it's it's a, thinking about the mess cleaners and other transit workers will have to deal with. I, but listen, I guess that's the way he looks at it. Like you're up there and you do something gross, and then you get crushed or whatever. Did they, these guys get arrested for their their dating on top of the train? No, I don't think that they did. Um, I think that they just had had them on camera, but they they couldn't be identified from the shot that they had. Okay, it's a little Got difficult. There's it. It sort of a general picture. General. Mm. I a third uh, person, which is yo, whoa. There's a third Uh-oh. person involved. The two men were doing something, and there's a third yes. person approaching them. So yeah, I, I uh, yeah. Not sure what his involvement is. Okay. Whenever you hear this sound, bong. you know something's going on on top of the train. By the way, I saw the story about the stuff falling out of the ceiling of the uh, the plane onto people. And I've done a little bit of research. I sent Joe to it. So mm-hmm. I am going to defend the things that were falling out of the ceiling, Sherry. You can take the, the con on the stuff that fell out of the ceiling. And I will take the pro for what was falling out of the ceiling on top of people while they were flying on the airplane. I can do that. Okay. Uh, You will also take the pro on getting it on on top of a (laughs) 
riding subway car. <laughs> Sounds like fun, actually. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, look out. Oh, look out for that one. Up. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Ding dong. I'll be down that's there. That's right. All right.